0: Listen up, Rockstar Nation. I am going on three years now doing this podcast. And you know, I've had uh, well over 300 guests on here. And I hope you guys have learned a lot. I know I have learned a ton. And, And even though we try to get to all meat and potatoes and have people give actionable content on this podcast there's only so much we can do with one interviewee and uh, there were a couple of things that i seem to find that real estate industry uh, the sales industry it, at least in my opinion was yearning for and one of those is a hyper 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 focus on the listing appointments, I think there's a huge frustration out there from agents that, you know, quite frankly, lose listing appointments. It's It, it can ruin your month. One lost listing, especially if it sells right away and it's a decent price, can ruin your month, it might even ruin your year. It's a, a kick in the gut and nobody wants to feel that. And I think that a lot of people want to be empowered better. And there's very few courses on how to, you know, put on a Superman cape and go in there and and take the listing every single time. So what I did is I interviewed eight top agents from around the world. I've got five different companies represented. All have been on this show, so you guys know them. You know, I've got Jeff Quinton. I've got Nate Martinez, Jeff Cohn. I've got Rachel Adams out of Sacramento, California. Uh, Brendan Payne, Aaron West, Dan Greeb, and Saul z all all super agents, all rock stars, just completely pulled back the curtain and let everybody, a camera, see how they do listing appointments. And so what I did is I took these and I broke them up. It, it was evident that everybody's listing appointment pretty much broke down to six steps. And we took these six steps and broke them down into f- more sub-chapters then we created quizzes uh, that go along with them and a certification and we're calling it uh, the listing appointment certification and it's in the finishing phases now Uh, i don't have it for sale and so what i thought i would do is since i haven't spent a dime on marketing yet i will take the marketing fee and the marketing amount normally spent and just discount it for anybody that wants to sign up for it prematurely before it comes out. You don't have to pay anything now. And you don't have to buy it. Just let me know now that you could consider buying it in the future and you'll get uh, 50% off. I'm going to sell for $4.99 as soon as I make it uh, public. And then I'll give it to you guys for $249. 249 bucks. All you got to do is send a, an email to rockstar at hybin.com, at I'm also uh, creating a, another product with Jeff Cohn, which is a team building product. We don't have the details of the price of that yet, but if you're interested in that, just put uh, also interested in Jeff Cohn's uh, product in the email as well. Just also interested in the team building product as well. So I uh, hope to get your emails and look forward to calling you a certified listing agent and a certified team agent in the future. Okay, Rockstar Nation, hope everybody had an incredible weekend and sold a ton of houses. Thank you for continuing to comment on the Facebook page, Pat Hybin Interviews, Real Estate Rockstars, the private group. If you're not on there, go on there and we will accept you right away. Just want to make sure you're not a spammer. I apologize, I have had a few spammers that somehow snuck through and posted Some inappropriate pictures, and my apologies for that. We have put into place systems. Hopefully, that will not happen again. In any event, today's show, Noah, Noah Ostroff, is uh, very, very interesting. You definitely want to listen to this one and have your pencils and papers ready. Later on, we got Rachel Adams on Wednesday, and uh, you definitely want to listen to that one. That's going to be an awesome one, too. So without further ado, let's just jump right into Noah and... Everybody have a great week. I'll see you on Wednesday. Okay, Rockstar Nation, we got a guest today coming from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Mr. Noah Ostrop is on the phone, and he is kicking ass in Philly and taking names. So without further ado, Noah, welcome to Pat Hyman Interviews Real Estate Rockstars. Hey, thanks for having me on the show, Pat. I really appreciate it. So, Noah, why don't you tell our Rockstar audience a little bit about you so they could get to know you better?
1: All right. Um, got into real estate in 2003 after college. Worked for a large national home builder. Uh, was a project manager for them for a couple years during the real estate boom when we were raising prices by $100,000 every deposit we took um decided to get into real estate because back in 2003 that was the that was the industry to be in if you wanted to to make money that was the hot industry back then still is of course so did that for a couple years worked for another large national home builder uh then in 2008 decided to get into the sales aspect of everything and joined up with caldwell banker in 2008 and, uh, and just really hit the ground running from there. I remember, I remember when I went into my interview to interview brokerages, not realizing that they pretty much hire anybody that walks in the door. I came in with a whole PowerPoint presentation about what I wanted to do over the next five years. I had done research on, you know, different lead generation methods of what I wanted to go after and how it was going to prospect for, for sale by owners and expireds and how it was going to farm the different communities. And, uh, how I wanted to start a team after year two, and you know, I remember the brokers looking at me and say, "Like, who the heck is this guy? Like, this is this is crazy." So I sort of came out of the gate strong, and um, first year won uh, rookie of the year, sold about 50 houses my first year, uh, around nine million in sales volume my first first year in the business in 2008, and really learned the business the way that. I believe it should have been learned um, around lead generation and sort of that was always the, the mantra of my business, the fact that we're in the lead generation business. And I think that's what has helped uh, progress the, the path forward a lot quicker. Uh, 2009, 2010, I started a team and then I started growing the team from there uh, 2014 I moved over from uh, Coldwell Banker over to Keller Williams, and took the I had 15 people on my team back then and took them all over to Keller Williams with me in August of 2014 and over the last 18 months we've really just been been growing the team is up to about 35 or so people right now we have about 13 operations people and the rest are agents and we're just focused on coaching and productivity and training and you know letting people grow huge businesses within our business
0: wow wow you you practice kanai constant and never ending improvement i could see each year you've gone you know, one step further, how can I do more? How can I do more? What can I do more? I love it. I love your, your energy and your push forward. And, uh, that was an interesting story about how you kind of, you know, went into an industry where all they were looking for was someone to breathe and you gave them so much more and had so much more to say. So that reminds me of, of me when I first started, that was, that was really cool. So, okay. So where are we now, Noah? Like now, how many houses did you sell last year? Uh, last year we sold a
1: little over 500 houses around uh, 180 million in sales volume last year.
0: That's awesome. And and what's your average sale price roughly there in Philly? Uh
1: we're we're right around 350,000. I mean, in general, I would say most of the houses are around average of around 300,000, but we do uh, we have a bunch of stuff that we sell over a million dollars so that skews the numbers a little bit to get us around 350.
0: And and what was the volume on that? About $180 Wow. That's awesome. Very good. Very good. So what's your profit margin? We run at around a 30% profit
1: margin. We're very comfortable with that. We try to run with a very robust operations team. So we reinvest a lot of the money back in the business and back into our people and back into lead generation so we can grow even bigger on an even bigger platform. Yeah, no, 30% Uh, is good. So we're about 30%. As of last year,
0: yeah, that's good. I mean, for for a team your size, that's that's a great profit margin. How big is your team? Break it down for me. Like, who do you got doing what?
1: Okay, so my title, my role is the CEO. I have a COO, Chief Operating Officer. I have a Director of Lead Generation. I have a Director of Sales. I have a Operations Manager. I have a Marketing Manager. I have two Listing Coordinators. I have two transaction coordinators, I have two inside sales associates, I have two virtual assistants, and we ha- I have two regional directors, one to oversee Pennsylvania, one to oversee New Jersey, and we're growing regional directors as we continue to expand, and we have about 25 agents approximately.
0: Holy dirt. So, Okay, so total team members is what, about 40, 45, something like that?
1: Yeah, somewhere in the ballpark of thirty-five to
0: forty. We've brought on a lot of people over the last
1: month. I, I, I've lost the exact count, but we're somewhere between thirty-five to forty people between our, all of our teams right now.
0: Yeah, yeah, very cool, very cool. So, Noah, what do you do? Yeah, you got forty people working for you. What do you do on a daily basis? So, my role has changed a lot over the
1: last year as I as I start to leverage myself, and I'm starting not starting, but as I as I continue to run my Organization like a business, I've leveraged myself a lot. So to be honest with you, I, I've lost my my role a little bit as far as what I used to do versus what I do now. So in, in the past, I've been the the rainmaker of the team. I've gone out and got the listings and got the deals, and you know, which has allowed our team to flourish and leads and systems and support. Well, now I've replaced myself in a couple different key aspects of the team. We now have lead listing agents on the team, and we now have uh, a couple people overseeing the uh, agents on the team. So my role right now is, with regards to the team, my role is uh, training, coaching, leading masterminds, and expansion. So the big focus for me right now uh, besides the growth of our agents and ha- having them have big businesses is focus on expansion. So what I mean by that is we're now taking what we've done and what we've mastered so well in Philadelphia and doing it for other people and other teams across the country. So we've opened up uh, three other teams uh, just outside of Philadelphia in Pennsylvania, and we have two other teams in New Jersey, and we're, we're now expanding that throughout the country as well.
0: Okay. So so let's talk about that. Is it, does the way it work is like you're, you and Philly are the mothership and you control everything there and then you just have agents on these other teams or how do you set it up?
1: So the way we set it up is we have a hub out of Philadelphia, out of center city, Philadelphia, where we have all of our operations and marketing team they handle everything for the agents so the agents can just focus on their core competency which is going out and selling houses so we we have an inside sales department here so we're generating the leads out of our marketing department running them through our inside sales department and funneling them out to the agents as appointments instead of just leads so that's one aspect of what they they're getting um in addition to that we are coaching and training them to how to on how to run businesses of their own, how to generate leads on their own and providing the support and systems for them. We all, we also have, uh, people on the team that are preparing paperwork. So I, one position I forgot to mention on our team is a concierge. So that's the person that handles all of the paperwork for everybody on the team. That's preparing all the agreements of sales, uh, doing the listing contracts, doing the listing presentations, preparing all the administrative paperwork for the agents on our team. So, uh, they handle all that stuff. The agents go out, they go on the listing appointments, they meet with the buyers, they get the listing, they get the, uh, you know, buyer to, to the point where they're ready to buy a house. Uh, they come back with the listing agreement. It flows through our marketing department. They do all the marketing of the property. They communicate with the clients, with the customers. They let them know all the marketing that we're doing. And that's literally what they're doing full time all day, every day. So the agents are not Uh, going off task and and stopping their ability to sell houses. And then property goes under agreement or the agents negotiate the deal, goes under agreement and comes back to our transaction management department where they handle everything from agreement of sale to closing, mortgage, title, deposits, communicating with the client, closings, checks, all of that stuff. So literally the agents are just going out and selling houses There's about 160 different points in a real estate transaction, and agents cannot effectively do all of that stuff by themselves when they're doing multiple transactions. So we have... specialized our team. So we have specialists in the marketing department, in the operations department, in the lead generation department that are doing all the things that are necessary in a real estate transaction, but can't physically be done by one person alone and providing that beefed up support and team. So the agents can become even more successful and do what they are best at.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. And so, so basically they're just a liberated agent kind of uh, obviously with a lot of training and a lot of uh, people helping them on the mothership, but they themselves are essentially, they just work out of their house. Is that right? They don't work out of their house. We
1: um, So the, the way the expansion works is Keller Williams has set up a beautiful uh, distribution system or distribution centers for us around the country, which is all the different market centers around the country. And we have, you know, they've given us the ability to literally use their offices as distribution centers. So we we set up a team in each of those different market centers. We, you know, we try to start each team with about five agents that are, you know, productive agents that need that support that those systems, maybe those leads, maybe coaching, maybe just the roadmap to get them from a $5 million agent to a $10 million agent or, or more than that. And by plugging into our system, they're able to break through the ceiling that they've never been able to break through before because of all those things. And frankly, it gives them more time. They're happier. And not everybody in real estate wants to run a team, that not everybody wants to manage people or do administrative tasks or marketing. Some people really just want to go out and sell. And with this industry not being necessarily totally run by business professionals, people don't necessarily know how to run a business. They know how to sell, And uh, but once you get to a certain level, you have to automatically become a, a business person to manage and run all of th- those things. So, we're taking that away from them so they can even be more successful by plugging into an already successful system.
0: Wow, that that is so neat. So, so give me some like nitty gritty on this, I, and and I appreciate you sharing this, Noah, because this is very interesting. Everybody seems to be doing this a little differently. You know, we had uh, Jay Kinder on uh, talking about how he does something similar to you do, but different. You know, and he pays his people twenty five percent, keeps seventy five. Chris Suarez had a little different spin on it. We've had we've heard a couple different models. What is the Noah model as far as commission split is concerned?
1: So the agents that join our team are on a 50-50 split with us. Um, if a, if a lead goes through the inside sales department, it's 25% off the top and then a 50-50 split. So the net split is 37.5% for inside sales leads. Um, and all the rest of the leads are 50%. You know We allow our agents to do listings or buyers. We allow them to do both. Um, the listing agents on our team are really just the agents that focus on listings versus buyers so maybe they do 75 or 85 percent listings and the rest buyers and the buyer's agents, they're allowed to do both, but they're the ones that maybe focus 75% of their business on buyers and 25% on sellers.
0: Hmm. And so, the, so if you're if I'm, if I'm an agent with you and I, I sell my grandma a house, it's a 50-50 split. But, it, but you're running ads everywhere for them and you're plugging them into systems on the internet and that sort of thing. And if you give them a lead and they close it, they get 37.5%, whether it's a listing or a buyer's.
1: That's that's correct. And we're providing all of the support. So our value proposition is not about leads. So our value proposition is about providing them with the systems and support and culture. That's a big thing is the culture. And we can certainly talk more about that if you'd like, so they can be successful. And oh, by the way, we generate about 1200 leads a month. So you're going to get your, your fair share of that as well. So leads are definitely a big part of what we do, but it's not the first thing we talk about. It's the last thing we talk about because We don't want agents on our team that always have their hand out looking for leads. We want agents that want to be around other successful agents. We want agents that want to grow a big business inside of our business. And we want to be able to help them through coaching and training and systems and support and, and again, a culture to, to let them do that. So our vision has to be big enough that other people with big visions can work inside of our world and, and never want to leave. So we're, we've been able to attract some pretty big agents over the last couple of years. I mean uh, last year we brought on a few agents that were doing over over 10 million dollars in, in business on their own and we've got them up to over 20 million on our team. We had some agents that were doing 15 million and 75 deals on their own and we got them up to over 20 million. So, you know, more than more than three quarters of the agents on our team make six figures. They make a lot of money with us because they they have the tools that they need to be successful. And And they're they're happy.
0: I'm I'm yeah, happy. yeah, I love what you said because I can remember in my own experience when uh, shit started hitting the fan back in 2008, 2009, you know, I had been feeding my agents so much free steak that uh, when the market slowed, you know, they just came to me really hungry. Hey, why don't you spend some money on first time homebuyer seminars? Hey, why don't you advertise in here? Hey, why aren't you doing this? Hey, why aren't you? doing? It was crazy. They, they were so needy. And so by creating this priority on a culture and, and that first and foremost and lead secondary, you're going to avoid that because because you will hit slow times, right? I mean, there are going to be uh, slow months and slow periods in the next 5, 10 years. And I know you're in this for the long run. So um, so let's talk about that. How does one, you particularly, create a culture amongst expansion team members and amongst your own team members so that they don't become addicted to leads and that they feel like they are responsible for their own destiny how do you do that
1: so from from talk when we, when we're going out and recruiting or attracting agents we're, we're going after the top talent and when I say top talent you know in our market it might be agents doing over five million over 10 million like they're they're the agents that were that we're targeting not to say that we wouldn't work with other people, but other people that we're targeting first. And what we found from talking to them, them, and I'm sure you get a lot of this from all the interviews that you do as well, Pat, but we found we we asked them, where do you have the most pain in your business? And I never get the answer, I need to make more money or I need more leads. That's not the answer that I get. The answer that I get is I wish I had more time, I need a better work-life balance, I need help, I need support. Um, I feel like I'm on an island. Uh, so that's those are the answers we get, whether you're a $5 million producer or a $15 million producer they're the same answers except for the $15 million producers are better at fitting more in their days than the $5 million producers probably so knowing that that is what people need and what people want that's what we provide to them so in the beginning when we set up these expansion locations we we didn't do it right we didn't focus enough attention on culture and the the feedback that we got was that they felt like the redheaded stepchild that they weren't getting enough love from the hub and you know everything was sort of uh, centralized around Philadelphia and expansion locations weren't feeling the love like like the main team was. So we've solved that problem by bringing on a couple additional roles. So we have a director of sales now who now is meeting with all the agents on a regular basis. They are putting together business plans, meeting with them weekly or some of them daily and, and coaching them through their, their their plans and their businesses and holding them accountable to the goals that they've set. Uh, we also, at each of the locations, uh, we'll have a, a, a team leader at those locations, which will sort of be like a, a point person for the agents on the team to go to with questions or, you know, just general things throughout the course of the day. And then our regional director, um, who's also responsible for growing the teams, one of their main job functions is culture. So they're, they're responsible for making sure that We bring on the right people, that the personalities are all meshing together and that we have two. The culture is about two things. It's about the culture of productivity and the culture of fun. So making sure that we're bringing on agents that are all highly producing agents that are doing the right things every day, such as lead generating and lead follow up and all the things that you need to do to be successful and surrounding them with all the other people that want to do those same things. So you almost feel like your, your game is being elevated by that. And then the other part is the culture of fun. And that, that is, so what we do for that, we have a brand ambassador on the team. And as we get bigger, we'll have multiple brand ambassadors. And they're responsible for onboarding the new agents and, and scheduling events and, and different fun things. So we have monthly team meetings where we rotate between uh, fun activity, business activity, or philanthropic activity. Uh, so last month we did uh, go-kart racing followed by a team meeting um the time before that we did we brought in a uh, a guest speaker to talk about uh five diamond service and customer service and how we could provide that great service to our customers time before that we all got together and we did a spinning class together and then we talked about heart health awareness month mm. and just you know how we can give back to the community before that we did uh, like escape the room type thing next month we're doing uh you know other other fun activities, so we have we've elected an agent leadership council to our team as well, and we've elected a social chair to our team. Wow, it sound, sounds kind of silly, right? But yeah, you have, you have to have people that are gonna step up and raise their hand and say, Hey, I, I you know, I want to be a part of this and I want to be responsible for planning it. So we have family, uh, you know, we, we include the families and kids and stuff as well, so we'll do family picnics, family barbecues, we'll do happy hours, we'll do, you know, events together. We do stuff for people's birthdays. We just do a lot of fun things together and people want to be a part of that because real estate's a lonely, you know, it's a lonely business and a lot of times we're we're by ourselves. So to be able to work for a company where you're you're actually making money and having fun and having a good work-life balance, you know, it's it's great. People love it.
0: That's great. That's incredible. Yeah. I mean, no, there's nothing funny about it at all. I mean, you know, every company should have a director of mirth, so to speak. We used to have a the director of mirth change every quarter so that each quarter someone else got to do it and they got to you know surprise everyone else with an activity where they get like two grand and they could say you know you get two grand to spend you're the director of mirth this is a date we're going to go out 11 o'clock we're going to be gone till three uh, fill in the blank with whatever you want and make it fun and uh, surprise us so
1: I i love that you know in real estate we you know we don't take time to celebrate our victories we you know we sell a house and we move on to the next thing so this is a chance for agents to you know sort of take a breath and and celebrate that and you know we reward them in other ways too we have we have an incentive plan for the agents on our team where there's about a 250 point plan where they can earn points for basically doing their job you know it's uh turning in a a contract without uh any mistakes it's uh you know, when when somebody's out on vacation on the team, helping them out with a showing or doing five deals in a month, they're getting five listings in a month, and each thing has a different point value. And there's there's real estate related things, and there's just like other things. And as they earn points along the way, they get rewards. So maybe a hundred points would be a Uber gift card, and five hundred points might be a six month gym membership or or cell phone membership paid. And the goal is they get these rewards along the way. And then at the end, they're all shooting towards uh, the, pre- the, 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 the president's trip, which is last year we did a, an all expense paid trip to the Hyatt on the Chesapeake, where we took uh, everybody that qualified for that and they could bring their, their spouses. And, you know, I put money on the room so they can go and go to the spa or get whatever, get meals and do whatever they wanted to do. And uh, it's just a great way to reward people for, for doing their job and to celebrate along the way.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. I'm well I'm from Maryland, so I know all about the Hyatt there, been there several times and that's a cool yeah. place to cool place to be. Yeah, it is. It is. So all right, so let's talk about getting business. Let's talk about some actionable content where where you know I want to make more money, I wanna sell more houses. What are you recommending, Noah, to your team on what to do to generate commission checks?
1: All right, so we've broken it down into a number of different categories. So we don't think that all business should come from one place. Uh, We don't want to put all of our eggs in one basket. So we've asked them to sort of, we've broken it down to what we believe are the most important things. So 35% of your business, we believe, should come from a center of influence, past clients, referrals, uh, that type of stuff. 10% Ten percent should come from face to face meetings. So I know the ten percent we could we could technically add that on to center of influence and past clients, but we've broken it down separately. So that face to face would be you know, getting together with connectors and, and uh, attorneys or other people that potentially could give you business and and finding out how it is that we can help them out in their business and what it is that they need. And then in turn, you know, form the relationship that they want to refer business to us. I might be getting these percentages wrong, but I think 15% we have allocated to website leads. So those website leads could be through your own personal website, through Google AdWords campaigns, through Facebook ad campaigns, and through uh, some of the other major uh, website portals to generate web business. We say 15% come from open houses. So we're suggesting two to three open houses every single weekend, which will generate you 15% of your business.
0: Two to three. Uh, Two to three open houses every single weekend.
1: Correct. And not just not just open houses, but not just like put out a sign and hope people show up, but actually plan for them. So calling the neighbors, uh, going out and knocking on the doors, putting flyers out, not to not to get business, but just just to invite them to your open house. Because remember, open houses are not just for, uh, to sell the house, right? We all, we all know that we don't just do an open house to sell the house, we do an open house to really, to get seller leads, but also to attract buyer leads as well, so other people see what we're doing. So putting out, you know, 20 signs around the neighborhood or, or f- however many signs is, is appropriate in your neighborhood and, and you know putting it on social media and, and getting people out to the open house i you know there's there's some uh, friends of mine in, in in california that have huge open houses where they have 300 people at these open houses i mean people run their entire business off of that we're not we're not suggesting that but we're only saying 15 percent so if you're if we say okay you're supposed to do you know 40 deals this year Well, if you do an open house every single weekend, two of them or three of them, well, that's, you know, call it a hundred of them a year or somewhere in that range. Don't you think that you could do 15% or in this case, I guess it would be six deals a year from doing a hundred open houses. Of course, it's very easy. So by breaking it down into smaller categories, it makes it easier for people to recognize what they need to be doing on a daily basis. So we're saying 10% of your business should be coming from farming. Farming is, could be social media farming. On Facebook, Twitter, and all the other uh, social media sites, it could also be sending out mailers to the different communities. And we also have a bunch of different farming programs that we have in addition to just listed, just solds, and other of those farming type things. And ten percent of your business from sign calls, so having a creative message on your sign to attract more people to be calling in, and then five percent. Only 5%, I know this sounds low to a lot of people, but only 5% from prospecting for sale by owners and expireds. Now that adds up to 100%. So what we're saying is if you're the type of person that just doesn't like to do open houses, well, that's fine. But if you don't do them, then you're not. You're only hitting 85% of the potential business that you could be getting every year, and you're missing out on those additional 15%. So we have different uh, programs for each one of those categories to show them on a daily basis what it is that they should be doing. So if it's 35% of your business should be coming from past clients and of influence, we have plans for them of... You know, you should be reaching out to your clients 33 times a year. We have a 33-touch plan, an 8 by 8 plan. So it could be things as simple as we have somebody on our team now that wants to be, you know, more of the fun realtor and, and get in front of his clients. And he's doing a, a March Madness program where he's reached out to all of his past clients and invited them out. And it's a way for him to get in front of them. We do also do something called Sip and Learn. So it's like our, our mm. version of like a lunch and learn. So we, we rent out a nice, nice place and we have cocktails and, and hors d'oeuvres and we invite out our, our past clients and we invite out even potential future clients that we want to be at these events. And they're, they're well, you know, nice professional events and we bring in guest speakers. So one time we brought in a speaker for builders on how to, how to mitigate your risk by forming LLCs or how to use your IRA to purchase real estate or how, to, you know, what, about FHA 203K loans or first-time homebuyer seminars or how to invest in multifamily property. So we have different programs and they're value-add type things. So it's, we're not reaching out to people all the time saying, hey, are you ready to buy? Hey, are you ready to sell your house? We're not, that, that gets old after a while. So we're taking the, the lead generation to the level of providing value to people. So when the time comes where they're ready to buy or ready to sell, they're already in our world. They're already in our ecosystem and, and they, they, we're the first person they think about when the time comes.
0: That's amazing. Now, what happens when your agents or does this happen? You know, say, hey, screw you. You know, I'm not doing three open houses a weekend or I'm not. I mean, I mean how do you control that? How do you you know what I mean?
1: Like, Yeah, that, that that's fine. I mean, we, we recognize that not everybody is going to do everything that that we ask. We're just saying that this should encompass hundred percent of your business. So if you're not doing open houses, then really, like I said before, you're only going to achieve 85% of your maximum capacity. Now, mm-hmm. if we have somebody, I, you know, I have a lot of people that, uh, let's just say most of their business comes from referrals. So let's just say they do 50 deals a year and they all come from referrals. I'm not saying that now you should only do 35% of that 50. Um, based upon your your referrals i'm saying that 50 those 50 deals should now only represent 35 percent of your business and by introducing these other things you could do a lot more in your business so we know we all know that not everybody's going to do everything and and i've sort of learned over the years not to force people to do the things that they they don't like to do but we've sat down with them and said what is it that you like to do and let's figure out something because if i put all all seven of these categories on a table and and we say, okay, you don't like open houses, okay, let's throw that out. Okay, you don't like working internet leads, all right, let's throw that out. You don't like prospecting, let's throw that out. There has to be something left on the table that you like to do. So if it's working your past clients and center of influence and referrals, well, you need to be the best at that and we need to come up with a killer plan so that's what you're doing all day, every day to generate your business. So we sort of tailor our plans around the agent. We have a, you know, we have a, I don't want to call it generic, but we have a generic plan of what everybody should be doing. And if they choose to not do all of it, we're, we're able to sort of shift gears and, and do what it takes to help them become successful. And so they can have the business that they want to have. It's it's their goals and their business. We just want to help them achieve it.
0: Well, the, the, the huge thing about having a plan is that they become accountable to said plan in the sense that if their business drops and they don't sell any houses in March, then You could easily go back and say, well, did you work your plan? And I'm sure the answer is going to be no, right? Um, Exactly. You know, so it's kind of like a rhetorical question. Your plan becomes a rhetorical question. So they don't come to you and say, oh, oh, what was me? You know, they, they come, they look at their plan and they go, well, it's my own fault.
1: Well, we have, you know, we have expectations and standards of what it takes to be on the team. So, you know, that's sort of like the minimum level. Of what you can do, um, but the plan that they put together and the goals that they put together, those are those are their goals. Now, if the goals are too low, I'm going to challenge them to, you know, think a little bigger and and raise those goals up. But these are still their goals. It's not me telling them, "Hey, you need to be doing 50 deals this year." If they say, "Look, I, you know, I want to do 36 deals this year," and that's Within the range of what we what we want people to be doing on our team, that's fine. We're going to put together a plan for them and set the goals that they want to set, and then this way we're holding them accountable to their goals, not not to our goals.
0: Wow, wow! And that way they kind of wean themselves out, I guess. If they if they keep missing their marks, then they're just going to quit, right? Has it ever got to the point where you have to fire somebody just because they're not following through on on said plan that they created? You know, we we try not to run our team. Uh, so people have
1: the fear of being kicked off the team. Uh, we, we definitely don't want that. Um, if we feel that somebody has the potential to do more and they're not hitting their goals, we're probably maybe looser than we than we should be about, about that. But if we really see that people have potential and, and, and they're willing to be learning-based and, and sort of shift gears to do what it takes, we'll help them achieve that. Um, and the people that are not willing to do that and not willing to, to change the way they've always done business, they typically self-select out. We don't really have to fire them or get rid of them. They just, uh, you know, if they don't want to work in the, in the, in the business that we've set up for them to be successful and that, that's okay. You know, we, we sort of part ways and I'll help them find another opportunity and, and we'll, we'll remain friends.
0: That's awesome, Noah. Well, let's talk technology. So you, you're you running this 40-person team here. You obviously have to be using some technology to make uh, things so efficient and smooth. Tell me, what, what are some favorite things that you're using right now that our listeners could go and whether they have to buy it or whether they ha- whether they can download the app for free that would make their jobs easier and their lives easier?
1: Okay, sure. So for our CRM and our backend database and our marketing platform, we use Infusionsoft. So we use Infusionsoft to uh, all the leads funnel through Infusionsoft and all of our drip campaigns and all of our marketing programs and all of our emails and all that stuff that we send out uh, go through Infusionsoft. So that's it's a pretty robust system it can do a lot of different things I would say it's probably a step down from Salesforce but definitely cheaper than Salesforce hmm. uh, a great a great program if you're gonna go with that you for sure need to hire an implementation partner to get it set up for you because it's 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 a long setup process and if you don't do it right it's sort of it, it doesn't really work the way it's supposed to. So spend the extra money and get an implementation partner, help you get that set up. So that's what we use for CRM. Um, For our transaction management software, we actually use Basecamp. We found Basecamp to be a really great way for our transaction coordinators to manage their days in a way that wasn't too overwhelming for them. Um, We've created templates inside of Basecamp for different types of deals. So it might be a buyer deal has a template, a seller deal has a template, a new construction deal has a template, um, and each different state has their own different templates. So they, they load those templates up and it tells them all the different tasks that they need to do and it puts dates in the calendar so the transaction coordinators can pull up. Their weekly calendar or their daily calendar, and see what they need to do over the course of the day, and it checks it off that it's done, and it's it's very manageable for them. So they they really love that that program. Um, but I could tell you we don't talk about this enough. But DocuSign has been what I believe has changed our industry over the last couple of years, and we all sort of take it for granted the fact that we can email out contracts through DocuSign or DotLoop, whatever your contract signing program is, but I don't think that we could be doing five hundred deals a year and this year we're we we're, we're on pace to do eight hundred deals. Wow. I don't think I don't think that you can physically do that many deals if you had to personally meet every single client and sit in front of them and get agreements of sales signed. You know, this has allowed us to to, to do a lot more business in a way shorter period of time with this electronic signature. And we never even talk about it. We just take it for granted because it's just been around for so long, you know, last few years.
0: Yeah. Imagine if all those face to faces you would have to do without it. I mean, it just makes, uh, you know, uh, it's especially your agents that are that are out there in other areas that are making less commissions. It, it makes their job not so arduous so that it's worthwhile to make less commissions. You know what I mean? Because you're not working as hard and you could do so many more buyers and so many more sellers. So like, like your best agent, whether it be on your uh, mother ship or at one of your expansion offices, give me an idea. What, is your, what can your best agent do this year? What do you think they're going to do or what they do last year?
1: Uh, we have a couple agents that uh, that are gonna break the 20 million dollar mark this year. We may have some agents that at least one that's gonna break the thirty million dollar mark on our team um, they're just and, and I can tell you they're the agents on my team that are the most efficient. they're the ones that have the best work life balance they're the ones that are able to go to a lot of trainings every single year and, you know, take time off to spend with their family. They're the ones that that have learned how to be efficient in their business.
0: What's a mistake that you've learned in the expansion, in your experience with span expansion? So the people listening, if they're considering expansion, don't make the same mistake.
1: So the first mistake that we made was not the the culture piece that I talked a little bit about earlier about uh, not making the expansion uh, teams feel like they were uh, loved, right? Not, not, not giving them enough attention and support. Um, we realized the value of, of the support, and that's why we've beefed up our, our, our infrastructure and our operations department to, to provide those agents with a lot of the support that they need. Another thing that we made a couple small mistakes on but we've corrected quickly is needing to have an onboarding process and really an onboarding person so as you're opening up these expansion teams uh, and bringing people on to them, uh, making sure that there's a dedicated person or dedicated department that is going to be the first line of defense to onboard these people, teach them all the systems, teach them about the culture of your company and get them to understand what you're all about and and all the things that your team provides and having that production person to get them into production, go over the business plan and really having somebody take them through those first 100 days on your team to make sure that they're successful and so they have a great experience so we use the word experience a lot what does the experience feel like for agents on our team what does the experience feel like between the agents and the operations people what does the experience feel like between our customers and the agents and the customers and our operations people so everything for us is about experience so i've i've tasked all my operations people a couple months ago to go back and put together a step-by-step plan of what it is that they do on a daily basis and what it is that they do for the agents and what they provide to the agents, whether it's you know, here's how we take an agreement and sale and what we do with it to what we do for marketing. So agents can clearly see what it is that's being provided to them on the team. So they understand the value that they're getting. And also it helps them explain to the, to the clients and the customers, here's all the things that our team is doing for you. And here's why you should hire us to work for you. So everyone understanding clearly what the vision of the team is and what the team provides has really helped us to move everybody in the same
0: direction forward. I love it—the Ostroff experience, <laughs> the, the Philly, the Philly living, the global living experience—and <laughs> it's so cool. Well, well, listen, let, Noah, let's wrap this up with our flagship question, and that is this. And this is going to help everybody listening. So let's pretend I put Noah Ostroff on a. reality tv show similar to survivor okay Okay. and let's imagine there's nine other top agents from around the world on this show and each agent gets a cell phone a laptop and five hundred dollars cash now there's a lot of people out there that are buying and selling real estate so there's a lot of commerce but it's a completely foreign land to everybody each week the agent who does the worst and sells the least amount of houses gets thrown off the island how is Noah gonna win this game and beat out all these other nine agents by selling more homes?
1: Okay, that's a that's a that's a good question. I think the 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 simple answer, the high level answer, is focus on lead generation. So you have a cell phone. I would find out. I literally would just start making calls. You know, you start calling expires. You call, start calling for sale by owners. You you project your image out there the best you can. Um, you have to. Uh, go out and get as many listings as you can because then you get signs on the street and you know then people recognize who you are Um, I would go knock on doors I would uh, you know even if you have to get some some cheesy flyers or whatever made up you go out and you put them in front of everybody and you get your business cards everywhere and you go to networking events and talk to everybody that you possibly can and you have to live eat and breathe real estate. And I would just go out and generate as many leads as I can. Is that specific enough or you want me to get more specific?
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, get more specific because you know, generate as many leads as you can. Yeah, How? yeah.
1: You know? I mean, yeah, right. So with a fi- with $500 budget, you're not going to be able to generate a lot of website leads, right? So you, uh, you sort of have to hit on all the different other lead generation uh, tactics that we uh, that we talked about earlier so you know I'd be sitting open houses every single weekend because if you have no business you have to generate some business out of out of thin air um, something else that I would do is I would' uh, is something that we do in our business now called uh, teardown letters so I would put together a list of every home that potentially could be torn down every vacant lot every shell I would drive the neighborhoods I would put together a list of every uh house that is primed for development opportunity and i would get that list together a few hundred houses i would go on public records and i would uh, get the names of the owners and then i would track down phone numbers and i would literally start calling them up and saying hey i see you have this vacant lot are you willing to sell it i have a builder that might be interested in buying it or hey you have this the shell would you would you consider selling it i have some builders that want it and once i got enough people that are willing to sell it then you go out to the builder community and you go and tell them you have these opportunities, and if they make sense, uh, they'll, they'll buy it. So instead of going after one listing at a time, mm. you might be going after 10 listings at a time. So you're able to multiply a lot quicker by going after those types of projects. And that's one of the things I did early on in my career to build my business, and, and that's, that's exactly what I did, actually
0: yeah well that's awesome that it's very specific and I, I love it how you just you know you think so big you know well right now you're telling your guys to do three open houses i've imagined you'd probably do 10 open houses a weekend if uh if you were on this show
1: if, if, if you had to right? yeah, if yeah that's it, if to. that's what it took you know you do whatever it takes to to get the business
0: that's awesome well listen noah thanks for taking time out of your busy day i know you got a, a lot of things going on next time in i'm in philly we'll definitely get together and break some bread Sounds good. I look forward to it. It was great chatting with you, Pat. Well, I hope you have enjoyed this session of real estate rock stars. I'm Pat Hyben, and I appreciate you spending time tuning in for some rock solid advice. I encourage you to take action on something that you have connected with. These insights, along with goal setting, will help carry you to achieving your destiny. Visit hybendigital.com for resources, how to's, ebooks, and so much more. Also, reach out to us on Twitter. My handle is at Pat Hyben. And don't forget, Rockstar Nation, keep rocking. Listen up, Rockstar Nation. I am going on three years now doing this podcast, and you know, I've had. Uh, Oh, well over 300 guests on here, and I uh, hope you guys have learned a lot. I know I have learned a ton, and, and even though we try to get to all meat and potatoes and have people give actionable content on this podcast, there's only so much we can do with one interviewee, and uh, there were a couple of things that I seem to find that real estate industry, uh, the sales industry, it, at least in my opinion was yearning for and one of those is a hyper 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 focus on the listing appointments I think there's a huge frustration out there from agents that you know quite frankly lose listing appointments it's it it can ruin your month one lost listing especially if it sells right away and it's a decent price can ruin your month might even ruin your year it's a, a kick in the gut and nobody wants to feel that and I think that a lot of people want to be empowered better And there's very few courses on how to, you know, put on a Superman cape and go in there and and take the listing every single time. So what I did is I interviewed eight top agents from around the world. I've got five different companies represented. All have been on this show, so you guys know them. You know, I've got Jeff Quinton. I've got Nate Martinez, Jeff Cohn. I've got Rachel Adams out of Sacramento, California. Uh, Brendan Payne, Aaron West, Dan Grieb, and Saul z all all super agents, all rock stars, just completely pulled back the curtain and let everybody, a camera, see how they do listing appointments. And so what I did is I took these and I broke them up. It, it was evident that everybody's listing appointment pretty much broke down to six steps. And we took these six steps and broke them down into f- more subchapters. Then we created quizzes uh, that go along with them and a certification, and we're calling it uh, the Listing Appointment Certification. And it's in the finishing phases now. Uh, I don't have it for sale. And so what I thought I would do is, since I haven't spent a dime on marketing yet, I will take the marketing fee and the marketing amount normally spent, and just discount it for anybody that wants to sign up for it prematurely before it comes out. You don't have to pay anything now. And you don't have to buy it. Just let me know now that you could consider buying it in the future. And you'll get uh, 50% off. I'm going to sell for $4.99 as soon as I make it uh, public. And then I'll give it to you guys for $249. 249 bucks. All you got to do is send an email to rockstar at hybin.com. Rockstar at hyben.com. I'm also uh, creating a, another product with Jeff Cohn, which is a team building product. We don't have the details of the price of that yet. But if you're interested in that, just put uh, also interested in Jeff Cohn's uh, product in the email as well. Just also interested in the team building product as well. So I uh, hope to get your emails and look forward to calling you a certified listing agent and a certified team agent in the future.